It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans, and what's going on, baseball fans? Welcome in to the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Today, we're going to talk about that doubleheader from Wednesday in which the Reds won game two, which in our books just means that they had a great day. They won. That's all we care about because they're back in the second wild card spot. We'll talk about that. Talk about some interesting observations I made of one of Eugenio Suarez and talk about why let's just be positive for a minute about him. We'll be positive about a Eugenio Suarez for a minute. And I've got some thoughts about Wade Miley coming up on today's podcast. we got 20 minutes of good red stock coming your way. Before we do that, though, I wanted to let you know when you're done listening or watching to the Lockdown Reds podcast here today, go check out the Lockdown MLB podcast. He's a walking encyclopedia. His name is Paul Francis Sullivan, but he'd rather you call him Sully. Listen to him for a wealth of knowledge of baseball present and past on the Lockdown MLB podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get going. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <sighs> Thought I'd dress up after a win. That was good. The Reds absolutely needed that. Not just the W, but the way they got the W. That was a catharsis. That's what I kind of wrote down for this game. This was something that had been building. That four-game losing streak was really feeling more like a 10, 11, 12, maybe a 20-game losing streak, simply because they weren't scoring. Every time you turned around, the opponent scored all the runs that they needed in the first inning, and the Reds would claw their way back to getting like one, but that was it. It was a lot of trouble. And and then in the first game of the doubleheader, they did score four, but it seemed like every time they scored, there was an answer for that. We'll talk about that later, though, because I want to talk about the good first. I want to talk about that win. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. And it was all thanks to Nick Castellanos. That dude dominated the Cardinals again. You want to talk about a dude that's gotten in the head of Cardinals fans and Cardinals players and all that stuff? Uh, I never get this right. Bam, right there. Nick Castellanos is absolutely phenomenal. Two home runs, a two-homer in the first inning, and a grand slam. I almost said four-run home run. No one calls it that. Just grand slam, Jeff. A grand slam in the second inning that was so majestic, so amazing, so brilliant that Mike Schilt absolutely had to make sure Nick Castellanos couldn't use that bat again. Now, uh, after the fact, there was this whole thing of, well, you know, it's a player safety and stuff like that. Uh, bull crap, whatever. You're just mad that Nick Castellanos beat the crap out of your pitcher, who up until this point had actually pitched pretty well for the Cardinals since coming over from the Twins. But Hap was hapless whenever Nick Castellanos came to the plate and Castellanos absolutely ate it up. First red since the RBI stat was invented to get six RBIs in the first two innings. That's pretty phenomenal when you're talking about a team as old as the Reds are. But Castellanos, what an amazing performance. And just Mike Schilt, the whole thing, that took like 10 minutes. He came out and the bat. You know you know what he makes me think? When you look at him, when you kind of see like a picture of Mike Schilt, I kind of think, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? 
I think of that that squirrely dude, Milton, the guy who's really worried about a stapler. I, I I think Mike Schilt like had to come out of the dugout and say, "Excuse me, I, I don't I don't really like the bat. I think we should remove the bat. I think the bat is illegal. I I don't think that he should be allowed to." It's stupid. I mean, Mike Schilt just was stalling because his team was spiraling. I think initially he was trying all he could to figure out if there was some rule he could invoke, some loophole to get that grand slam taken off the board. Wasn't happening because that was all red legs there in that game. Phenomenal performance by by Castellanos. We'll get to Suarez in a minute. He had a good game too, but uh, you also had a homer from Kyle Farmer. And he had a pretty interesting debut. He came into the first game as a uh, pinch runner defensive replacement, but Delano to Shields with a two-hit day. He had a double that turned into a triple because of a bad throw. He had a single that turned into a double because of a bad throw. So they go down in the scorebook as a single and a double. But dude was all over the place. A couple of RBIs last night. It was awesome to see. And I know that there were some thoughts of, well, why on earth did they trade for a guy? So first of all, real quick, if anybody's confused about that, the Reds were able to to trade for him from the Boston Red Sox because he wasn't on the Red Sox 40-man roster. So they can trade for anybody they want outside of the 40-man roster. They just have to add him to the 40-man roster. The Reds already had a couple of spots open, so they didn't have to kick anybody off. And they only traded cash for him, so I like that. And I feel like they've already gotten some nice value out of him. We'll see what he can bring. He brings speed. He brings defense. And, I mean, the bat that he had last night, some of those hits were very nice, but you're not expecting him to be a catalyst in the lineup. He's just going to be a late-inning replacement, a guy that'd be good to have on a playoff roster. And I know that he's not had like stellar numbers or anything like that. I got some complaints on social media. Like, why did they call him up instead of, you know, so-and-so or this guy or that guy? I don't know. Look, when it comes to this front office, sometimes I just don't know. And that's all I got to say about that. Because to say that we trust what they're doing right now, well, the guys that are on the field are doing their job. That's all I got to say about that. Now, when it comes to Delino to Shields, though, that was a nice introduction but not to be outdone, the pitching. Sonny Gray, despite the fact, so the bottom of the second inning took about 40 minutes. That was so long because the Reds kept hitting. The Cardinals didn't get anybody out, and Mike Schultz decided to take 15 minutes to look at Nick Castellanos' bat. I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere, Uh, but Sonny Gray was absolutely phenomenal, and I know that you're going to look at the box score and say, well, he could have had more strikeouts or something like that, but he was efficient. He wasn't trying to nibble. He wasn't trying to do the whole Tyler Malley thing where you throw as many pitches as possible. Sonny Gray pitched good in that game, and there's a huge reason why the Reds won. I mean, obviously, you score a billion runs, you're going to win, but he was able to keep the Reds in the lead and keep them ahead. There was no point where you thought, ooh, this might get out of hand. This might become a close game. This might become an issue for the Redlegs. Although he did give up two solo home runs, that's it. That's all he did. Every so often, you're going to give up a bad pitch. It's just going to happen. But at the end of the day, Sonny Gray was phenomenal. I was happy to see that. I've got some more thoughts about that. And and quick thought real quick. I mean, Jeff Hoffman, out of the bullpen, has actually been pretty phenomenal. If you look up his stats, ever since the Reds officially sent him to the bullpen, Jeff Hoffman has been all right. I don't know what that means because a lot of that's in low uh, leverage situations, but I'll keep watching to see exactly what the narrative is with Jeff Hoffman. But as of right now, he's not uh, god-awful. So that's good to see. All right, coming up here in a minute, I've got some thoughts on a couple of players that I want to impart 
to you. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to shout out our brand new sponsor because does this sound familiar at all? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So uh, yesterday was fun for a bunch of reasons because they scored a bunch of runs in game two. And, and like I said, when you win 12 to two, really you won the day. So whatever, like we'll, we'll let the Cardinals have that little five to four thing in the early part. We'll talk about Wade Miley here in just a moment, but that was a phenomenal win for the red legs. And part of it was because it began to put a nugget of a thought now, there are some people that are not going to have this thought at all the rest of the year because they're going to look at his season stats and say that he's done. But bear with me for a second. Let, let's think about this. Eugenio Suarez yesterday came into the game abysmal. In fact, he didn't start game one. Now, game one was a right-hander pitcher, so they had Moose in. And, and whenever they got into the Cardinal bullpen, there was a lefty that came in. So David Bell brought out. Eugenio Suarez, not as Drupal Cabrera, which we keep saying, okay, why is it Drupal Cabrera here if he's not hitting lefties? But I digress because Eugenio Suarez hit a double. In fact, he was hustling on that double. He hit a kind of soft, soft, shallow, uh, I kind of try to combine those two words, liner into short right field that bounced into the tarp. And as the right fielder was running to get it, it looked like he could make a good play at second, but Gino was just hustling out of the box. I, I know a lot of people have really loved to ascribe some sort of lack of hustle for him this season. But when I think about what he did yesterday and when I look at the results, it makes me wonder a little bit. We're talking about our man Gino, who, yes, all year long has hit well below the Mendoza line, has way more strikeout. Like, you could combine his hits and his RBIs, and he still wouldn't have as many of those as he has strikeouts. So things have been bleak. But what about September? Many a baseball player is supposed to have, in fact, every baseball player is supposed to have a short memory. Whether you just hit two home runs like Nick Castellanos or whether you did an offer like Mike Moustakis, you got to forget yesterday and you got to play today. Now, today, they're off, so they can forget about everything. But when you get to your next at bat, that is what you got to focus on. You can't focus on your past successes or your past failures because it's going to mess you up in the present. Coming here into the month of September, Eugenio Suarez has an opportunity partly because David Bell has been fiercely loyal to him. Much to the chagrin of Red's country, we've been wondering exactly when they're going to officially move on. 
In fact, I've said it before. I don't want to see a Eugenio Suarez all that much in this lineup. But let me play devil's advocate to myself and sound like a crazy man. What if he has a good September? What if the, all those chances, everything that David Bell has given him, all of these at bats? I mean, he's got over 400 at bats and he's still batting a buck 70. What if that turns into a good September? And what if that turns into a good October? This lineup is phenomenal. Top three, top four, maybe even top five. When you look at Jonathan India, hopefully when we get Jesse Winker back here soon, you've got Nick Castellanos and Joey Votto. The top four you can put up against any team in Major League Baseball. Then you get down to the fifth. Who is that fifth? Is it Tyler Stevenson? That's against lefties. Um, and sometimes he bets second as well. Uh, but is it Tyler Stevenson? Is it Eugenio Suarez? Because if he is able to sneak in there, if he is able to have a productive September, this lineup becomes a huge strength. It's already a strength of the team. And it's already something that whoever the wild card is, which now it's flip-flop, now it's the Giants. It's not the Dodgers. The Dodgers took first place last night. But if the wild card team is staring at this Reds team on the other side of the field and they look at one through five as just who are you getting out, that is interesting because Eugenio Suarez up to this point has been kind of thought of and he's kind of produced as an easy out. But he had two doubles yesterday. One of them was so close to being a home run that had the yellow line on the top of the left center field wall not given the way that it had. Like you think about the craziness and the randomness that was that hit. He should have had a home run in the first inning to make it four to one, but instead it just hit the top of the yellow part of that wall so precisely that it bounced it back into play and it was a double. But then he got his revenge later on as he hit a massive bomb in the fifth that nobody was taken back because I think that one hit the bleachers. But he looked great yesterday. So it got me to thinking, what about September? Do you remember? Okay, never mind. I'm not going to start saying <clears throat> September for a Eugenio Suarez. When you're looking back at it in 2020, uh, 2020 as a whole wasn't a great year for him. But in the month of September, he slashed 228, 326. 557 sign me up for that 557 he had seven homers in 79 at bats he did have 11 walks in 92 plate appearances he had more walks last season on the whole than he has had in his career he had a walk rate of 13 percent last year that's much better than it is last year this year then you go back to his last good year we keep comparing a eugenio suarez to his 2019 self. And when you look at that, the month of September then was probably his best month of the year. It wasn't his most home runs of the year because he hit 12 in July, but he had 10 home runs in September and he slashed, get this, 337, 455, 747. Now you're saying, Jeff, this isn't Gino now. Gino's changed. Gino's different. There's something about him. He's just not that good. Maybe, but even if he could hit more toward his career numbers, which career in September, 249, 331, 427. I know I've thrown a ton of numbers at you today with Gino, but if he can elevate his numbers to that point, if we're talking a 557 slugging, if we're talking a 249 average and somewhere around a 330 on base, sign me up 
for that. He doesn't have to be the 2019 self who was the best hitter in that Reds lineup because the Reds already have a couple of best hitters in the Reds lineup this year. He doesn't have to be the top guy. Now, if he wants to be, that's all I would love to see that. But as a guy who yesterday I told him, I said on the radio when I was on Cincy 360 with Austin Elmore, which by the way, I'm, I'm on that again today, depending on when you're listening to this. But, um, I said that if you put a T on home plate, a Eugenio Suarez would strike out. He proved me wrong there. He had three hits yesterday. Maybe he can continue to prove me and prove every naysayer in Reds country wrong. I know he's had a tough year, but if he can come back and have a productive September, that's going to make this Reds team so good going into October. You're talking about some pretty good starting pitching. You're talking about an amazing lineup and a bullpen that if they can just hang on by the skin of their chinny chin chins, maybe, maybe get ahead of myself there, but I'm hoping and I'm praying and I'm wishing that a Eugenio Suarez can have the kind of September that he has had in the past, because that's going to be a lot better than what we've got so far. All right, coming up. I've got some thoughts. I, we got we got to talk about game one because we've already talked about game two and we've celebrated it. Let's talk about game one, break it down. And I got a thought about old Wade, about Wade Miley, the Wiley Miley, the vet in this Reds starting rotation. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to tell you about betonline.ag. If you haven't taken advantage of this yet, get off the bench, get in the game, and start making some cash off your sports knowledge at BetOnline. .ag. Go there, set up your profile with a promo code locked on, and you could get double your initial deposit 100%. I have been saying 50. They bumped it up. They love you guys so much, and they love locked on so much. They want to give us more money. So go to betonline.ag today, set up your profile with the promo code locked on, and you'll get 100% more on your initial deposit. Don't have any tips for you today, but you can check out Major League Baseball money lines. You can check out the uh, futures for NFL, whether you're talking about win totals. They've got college football as well. Tried to dabble in an FCS game yesterday. That didn't really work out to my uh, benefit, but whatever. Football is back, and betonline.ag is your destination to go bet on football. they got this great uh, offer for week one, too, if you put in the promo code, and you can get, a free bet. It's $25 up to $25. If it doesn't hit, then you get your money back. And I'm currently looking up the promo code right now. Promo code NFL 100 at betonline.ag. You got to bet on the Cowboys and Buccaneers. And if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25. That's betonline.ag. Promo code locked on to get 100% more on your initial deposit and use the promo code NFL 100 to get a free bet on the Cowboys and Buccaneers game. BetOnline is the only online sportsbook that I trust, and you should too. That's betonline.ag and the promo code locked on. Also, head on over to rockauto.com. Rockauto has all of the parts that your car will ever need, whether you're talking about a brake pad, a brake light, a tail light, a or, you know, brake light and taillight, same thing. Uh, turn signal. If you're looking for carpet, they've got carpet for your car. You can reupholster your car with parts from rockauto.com as well. Head on over there today and check out their easy to use interface. Whether or not you know exactly what you're looking for, you know your favorite brand, or you don't know the difference between a brake rotor and a brake pad, 
head on over to rockauto.com. They can help you out. They've got every single part for your car, whether you're talking about your daily driver, like a Honda Civic, or you're trying to restore a classic car, like, uh, let's see, maybe you are a lucky one and you have a Shelby 500 GT. I'm jealous of you. <clears throat> anyway, if you need parts for that, Rock Auto has it. Go to rockauto.com. And when you're in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section, type in Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us area. Rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car and my car will ever need. All right. One more before we get going today because the Reds played two yesterday. The first game was kind of a bummer because they finally started hitting. They broke out of that. We're scoring one run a game thing that they had going on there for a couple of days. And they actually took a lead a couple of different times. The problem was our man, Wade, who has been so consistent all year long, who has been so fantastic at limiting hard contact was giving up a lot of it and a lot of it to Paul Goldschmidt. In fact, Paul Goldschmidt was trying to do his best impersonation of Nick Castellanos. Or you know what? Maybe it was Paul Goldschmidt did it first, and Nick Castellanos did it better. That's what we're going to say. Paul Goldschmidt had two home runs in the first game, and he was the reason that the Cardinals won, because he kept killing everything Wade Miley was throwing at him. Wade Miley, when I looked at baseball savant to try and get some sort of uh, feel for what was going on, According to StatCast, his spin rate was down on most of his pitches except for his curveball, and, and and we're not talking about sticky stuff. In, in fact, that's a real quick, uh, real quick sidebar. When it comes to spin rate, spin rate's not a bad thing. I feel like we've gotten into this mold as baseball fans, and I'm not even just talking to Reds fans right now, as baseball fans as a whole. When we hear spin rate, the first thing we think of is sticky stuff, illegal sticky stuff. Who's cheating? Somebody's cheating! This is like whenever guys were hitting home runs in the mid 2000s and we were talking about steroids. Every time somebody hit a home run, they're like, eh, give that guy a random drug test. Stop it. Spin rate's a good thing. But for Wade Miley, it was down. Makes me wonder if he didn't quite have a feel for his cutter. He threw his cutter, his four seamer and his change up equally, like the exact same amount throughout the entire game but he really wasn't getting anything on any one of them. His four-seamer was able to kind of be his called strike pitch to try and get the count in his favor, but his cutter was just being left in the middle of the zone, left in perfect hitter's spots, and that's why guys were killing him. That's why he gave up so many hits, and that had me wondering. It's something that I've been thinking about as we've headed toward this here month of September, the pumpkin spice month for many who want to call it that. Uh, Wade Miley in his last full season before 2020 in 2019 as an Astro, he was having a pretty good year entering the month of September. He had a 3.06 ERA. He's actually doing better this year. If you're looking at that specific stat, which is nice to see, but entering the month of September, a 3.06 ERA by the end of the year, he had a 3.98 ERA and a bad month of September. In fact, over a 16 ERA that month. A huge factor was the fact that his first two starts of the month of September for the Astros, he got a total of one out and he allowed 12 earned runs. Yeah, he got tattooed as the month of September began. 
Now, it's interesting to note, I think he gave up 12 hits yesterday, but he only gave up five runs. So there's that. You can at least say that that's better. But it's something to watch out for when you're talking about really any pitcher. But I kind of hone in on Wade Miley because last year he wasn't healthy. He dealt with a lot of injuries. And so he kind of pitched a little bit, but he didn't pitch a ton. And when he did pitch, he wasn't effective. He's been amazing this year, and I've loved everything. He's been one of my favorite players on this roster, but it still makes me wonder, what is he going to look like here in this month of September? Are we going to get the six, seven, any one, two earned run Wade Miley that we've gotten for most of this season? Or is it going to be more like a guy who sort of struggles through this month? Because his best start in 2019 in the month of September, he allowed two earned runs over six innings. He didn't pitch that much in any other start. He had five starts in the month of September. I think it was zero innings, 0.1 innings, like two innings, four innings, and six innings. It was very strange. And in fact, the Astros put him in their bullpen for their playoff run, and he didn't really pitch much out of that either. So what kind of value is he going to provide the Reds? And I think, obviously, he's aware of this. He is a very smart pitcher. He's been around the game for plenty in his career. So he's going to be ready and prepared, and he's going to try and be as healthy as he possibly can. But what does that look like for the Reds? Because we cannot have a dude coming out here every fifth day. And I know I'm probably getting a little bit ahead of myself, and I'm getting a little bit too negative on this thought process. But bear with me just for a minute, because he has been so phenomenal all year long. And if you've been watching his ex-FIP, the ERA predictor, the better number when you're talking about what his ERA should be, his ex-FIP has constantly said that he's getting very lucky. I don't know what that means in the grand scheme of things because we're talking about five months now that he's been getting lucky. He's been pitching very well, obviously. But what does that mean for this month? It's something to watch out for as he goes into his next start. Again, the schedule is getting easier, so maybe he can right the ship and maybe he can get back into that consistent level. But now we've seen a couple of bad starts in his last handful of starts. Do those balloon into a bigger issue? That's something that the Reds have to figure out, and that's something that Wade Miley has to answer because the Reds are in the thick of it. This is not going to be easy. There's not going to be a point in the month of September, I don't believe, where we are going to be able to kick back and say, yeah, the Reds got this. They're good. We don't need to worry about nothing else. I don't think we're going to see that. I think it's going to be a dogfight all month long because if you look at the wild card standings you've got the Padres a half game back you've got the Cardinals right behind them and you've got the Phillies nipping at the Cardinals heels this is not going to be easy so they need all hands on deck hopefully Wade Miley kind of figures out what's going on here soon but that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Forgot to mention this at the first part of the podcast, but if you aren't subscribed right here to the YouTube channel, I'd appreciate it if you do. I think everybody who is subscribed right now and the folks who comment all the time, shout out to Razmataz and shout out to Alex. And we've got some great dudes that comment all the time. I really appreciate you. And for everybody who has subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, thank you as, as well. We've, we've had a fun season thus far welcome to the stretch run welcome to what we've been waiting for now i know we're, we're, we're really waiting for playoff success but the last time i talked about it on yesterday's podcast the last time that the cincinnati reds team played meaningful baseball in the month of september was 2013 
I was still in college. <sighs> it's nice to be here. And we'll keep you posted every single day. Hoping to have uh, some Tiger stuff for you tomorrow. We'll see if we can get the Locked on Tigers host on here. And we'll talk about this weekend series with the Reds and Tigers. Coming up, they've got a young left-hander going up against them, Tyler Alexander, on Friday. You know what that means. We're going from uh, success against an old left-hander to hopefully uh, seeing the lineup have success against a young left-hander. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, though, on the Locked on Reds podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and I'll see everybody tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.